On this episode of the podcast, I have with me Wang Bao. He is the Director of Privacy and Data Privacy Officer at Axon. We're going to be talking all about privacy engineering and, and a lot around the growth and the career path around it. It is a hot emerging area. Uh, typically, you have to have a legal background and that's changing. And we're going to get Wang to tell us a little bit about that, how you can get into it. He's going to tell us what the differences are, what the definition of privacy engineering is in case you haven't really come up, come across it. But super excited to, to do this episode with you. Thanks for being a guest. Yeah, no, no problem. I'm excited to be here and to talk more about um, you know privacy engineering, um, something I enjoy very much and looking forward to share with folks. Awesome. All right, let's 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 dive in. I'm going to have you start at the top because I feel, I just want to make sure everyone knows what the definition of privacy engineering is from your perspective so we have context for the conversation. What is privacy engineering? Yeah, you, you know, you, you start with a tough question <laughs> because not many people actually um, know what the definition is and there is no common definition out there actually. And I only realized the extent of the kind of openness of this definition when I um, joined the IAPP uh, Privacy Engineering Advisory Board earlier this year. Um, And for folks who might not be familiar, the IAPP is one of the largest um, privacy professional association out there, been around for a really long time, um, has a lot of membership. And over the years, the organization has undertook, you know, um, definition of building, community building in different areas of privacy. And um, one of the tasks that I got the opportunity to do um, in my first year, actually first few months as um, part of the advisory board member is to help the team think about what is that definition of privacy engineering. And um, to be honest, we, that there is something out there built around processes and, you know, like if folks want to link me on LinkedIn, I will share the definition because it has to be taken within the context of itself and it's involving thinking about privacy engineering tasks. Um, think about actually engineering tasks, but from a privacy angle, meaning how does personal data flow, management, et cetera, relate to your engineering work? So for example, if a software developer is building a database, Right, that job could have a privacy engineering component to it if they are collecting, storing, structuring personal data in their work. So um, for a lot of technical discipline out there, if they touch personal data, that could be a privacy engineering component to it. So that's one way you can look at um, privacy engineering. And I think um, that's what the definition right now at the IPP um, rotates around. And that's good to know. You know, it's interesting as as we're getting, you know, a lot more complexity around data. I know data governance uh, because of AI is making a resurgence. Now we're talking about these privacy roles. The definition is evolving because it's come to the to the forefront, right? Like it has been, you know, cast in the spotlight of we need privacy. There are privacy laws. They're emerging every day. So now we have, you know, a data privacy officer. When you're looking at the emergence and growth, um, and obviously you have people who might be familiar with data governance, what's the difference between privacy and data governance? You know, they are pretty closely related. Um, and I 
I like to think that data governance is really essential um, to build out a privacy program. So for me, what data governance means really is like establish a data framework, right? A, a structure for your data to be collected, ingested, managed throughout its life cycle. And like, you know, artifacts of that work can be, for example, a data classification. How do you classify your data within your company? And within that RAM, there will be certain components that touch on privacy. So for example, um, how do you classify personal data at your company? Like, what does that entail, you know, for your business base, for your sector? Um, how do you manage that set of personal data as it goes through the life cycle from collection to storage to how it's being used to retention, deletion, etc.? All of that is within the realm of privacy, but data governance can also be broader because, um, you know, data governance can contain non-personal data, which is outside of the realm of privacy. Um, things that are more business, confidential, etc., cetera, um, also deserve uh, a good data governance program in place to, to manage. Hmm. So, you know, something that, that just, I was just thinking about, um, I've had a couple of data governance people on and, and obviously um, it is central to a lot of privacy security programs. Uh, it, it sits within different departments. It depends who's responsible for it. The common thing that I'm starting to realize in talking to, to them is that as we are seeing the growth in people wanting to implement AI solutions, they're realizing you need to have a little bit of your house in order. Uh, I guess for you, are you seeing that direct driver as to why privacy is is potentially growing or is it, has it always been there and we just haven't maybe noticed it as much? I, I think I'm a little bit biased because um, data governance is actually what got me into privacy almost two decades ago. Um, you know, this is when I was um, uh, starting at Yahoo. And at that particular point in time, um, Yahoo has tons and tons of user, I think close to a billion user with tons of personal data that's there. And, um, I joined, um, to help gov data governance, uh, thinking about the life cycle of those data sets. So, um, because how I came into it and how it led me into more privacy topics, such as, you know, how do you think about policy development? How do you, um, think about the user experience, etc. cetera. Uh, data governance led me to those area. In my experience, it has always been there. In recent years, it just got more attention um, because again, like, you know, um, back when I first started, um, the cloud was not a big thing, for example. <laughs> but now I think like many more companies that are on the cloud um, are working with much larger sets of data. So I think, um, you know, um, on top of all the regulatory components of it, that's what led data governance to be talked more and more and think of um, um, as the top of mind topic for exec and leadership at company more than before. Absolutely, that, that makes sense. Obviously, yeah, I mean, you've been doing this for, for a long time. That's why I was super excited uh, to have you on because your, your history with privacy and data governance stretches back, you know, extensively at larger companies. You've seen a lot of this progress. I guess before we dive into maybe some of the career components of it, you know, as you've been seeing some of these privacy laws come online, you know, we have we have a, a number of them. Europe has some. There's there's discussions all the time. 
are are you seeing these discussions, you know, in terms of companies that maybe hadn't really thought about privacy as as a function, are those laws forcing companies? You know, obviously they can always go to a consulting company, but are they thinking about internally bringing those functions in because it's it's, it's becoming ever present? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you know, privacy is becoming more table stake nowadays. When I first started, GDPR wasn't around yet. You know, they, those were still um, directives, meaning um, you know, not regulations. So they were like to to phrase it like more suggestions <laughs> of like how you could implement something versus like what you have to do. But I think with GDPR coming online in 2018, and if you look at uh, different parts of the world since um, there has been many similar law like in Brazil there's LGPD um, you know recently there were also regulation that are GDPR similar in Vietnam in India that has been rolling out so um, I think a significant portion of the world now has privacy regulations um, you know developed or implemented so um Companies, what I've seen too has been focusing on building out their privacy team. Uh, back in the day, a lot of companies tend to have one person, if that, right? Managing the privacy program, expect that person to do everything. Um, and now I'm very glad to see that's like the minority in terms of the, the way that companies structure these. There's at least a, a team. Uh, it might still be a small team in a lot of places, but now they are more than one person. Uh, in in the typical format, doing privacy for a company as an internal full time employee or as a few internal full time employees. And I guess you know over this over the time, as you've seen people building out teams, you know I think something you mentioned to me that I hadn't paid attention to, but as I kind of did some research and wanted to speak to you, I, I realized a lot of people who were in privacy had legal backgrounds or came from some you know illegal you know, education, something down that path, because obviously I could understand, you know, privacy and legal ramifications is, and I guess, you know, from that perspective, from a historical basis, was that kind of how people got into privacy generally? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, I I had the opportunity to work with some really amazing privacy professionals um, in my past. And I would have to say uh, quite a few have that law degree. Oh, that legal background. I think I was pretty fortunate because, as you know, I, I'm not a lawyer. Um, I, you know, have a, a, a background in computer science. And I was lucky enough to start my career under some really amazing privacy professionals who were actually also not lawyers. So I really get a chance to learn of like how can a non someone with a non-legal background can really make an impact, can really lead privacy conversations at you know big impactful companies. So um through that, I, I got a chance to kind of just hone my skill around the area more. And I think in the last few years, especially, um this has been very satisfying for me personally as the, as a, 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 a privacy professional to see more diversity in terms of uh, folks who make up this profession. Now, I think there are a lot more, um, you know, like folks from a technical degree, sometimes like a technical degree, a policy and operational background who are participating in uh, in these conversations. And 
the one thing I actually think is the driver there is now that regulations are out there, even though they are evolving, a lot of companies are focusing on like, how do we implement, how do we operationalize these requirements in the right way, in a scalable way, in a way that might involve, you know, technical infrastructure, et cetera, to really do the scaling. So I think because of that, um, there's more space for, for non, uh, folks with non-legal background. Yeah. And, and obviously we're going to include your LinkedIn profile. I mean, you're, you're, you're modest. You've worked at some fantastic companies building out privacy, uh, programs. So some, you know, they can, they can look at it, but I mean, Netflix, Google, you mentioned Yahoo, Walmart, Twitch, uh, now at Exxon. So, uh, your, your background, obviously without the legal degree, uh, stands for itself. And, And I guess, you know, you mentioned as you're seeing teams build out that, that's falling by the wayside a little bit. And you mentioned, obviously, you were able to be fortunate to come up and not have that, but learn from other people that did not have that legal background. I guess if I'm listening to this and I'm like, hey, privacy seems like an interesting area. It seems like it's growing. It seems like it's got a lot of business context to it. It's becoming table stakes, as you mentioned, and I'd like to get into it. And I'm not a lawyer. How does somebody actually get into privacy? It seems like one of those where if you if you it's like compliance and risk. If you have to have a great mentor, it's a great starting point. But if you don't, you're trying to find how to get in from the outside. Yeah, um, you know, and and I think you're right. I've been really blessed in terms of like my career path and and mentors and leaders that I've been able to to learn from. I, I think for folks who are looking to enter um, the privacy profession, the one thing might be worth to you know clarify is that even though a legal degree is not necessary, I think understanding the regulation and the law um, is important. So um, what I have found that could help folks to get that foundation is to think about you know certification, etc. That is available out there that will um, give you one foot into the door. So to demonstrate that, hey, look, if folks ask me about GDPR and data subject requests, etc., like I am familiar with the topic at least. So um, I, I think investing a little bit there um, is a good way to go about it. I think engaging with the community is also really helpful. Um, what I have found, especially for privacy engineering, because it's an emerging area of privacy, is that the community is still small enough where you can reach out there and, um, you know, someone will know someone and to, or like, uh, you know, if, if they can't help you directly, they will introduce somebody else. Um, and I, I feel like that is probably um, your best the best investment of your time if you want to get into the area is to get that foundation and then to get yourself out there, talk to folks who've been doing it, um, connect with folks, um, you know, like, um, yeah. Makes sense. You know, I mean, we can also link to the IAPP.org website and you mentioned certification. So, and again, to clarify for people listening, because, you know, I, I don't know, maybe somebody's thinking, hey, this is great. I'm going to jump in. Maybe they're like, yeah, maybe, maybe it's just an interesting topic, but you know, a lot of times we see certifications, you know, it, you know, cloud certifications, programming. A lot of times you get those baseline skills, and then it's really hard because it's a little bit more structured, right? Like there's, there's, it's, it's a longer 
history, history behind it to get in entry level. You're competing with computer science degree people, all those different things. When it comes to, I guess, privacy, it's a small community. It's emerging. I do the certification and I need some, I'd like to get some tangible experience. Like, would I actually maybe seek somebody in some org out and go, hey, I'd like to I'd like to participate, obviously, in addition to my job. Like, is is that something that I'd be doing? Or, you know, would I try to, you know, start networking and, and just trying to learn more? Because I think going from the certification to actually starting to maybe you know, get more comfortable with the concepts. I mean, for me, certifications were always like, I can learn it, but I still have a bridge to gap to the execution and practical side of it. Do you have any recommendations from from that perspective? Yeah, great, great question. Um, so, and this is me getting a bit tactical, but I think it could it could be a fun experiment for folks to try out to research. A lot of the privacy programs I know out there, because it tends to be like a smaller team, like what you and I talked about before, no longer one person. But there's still not enough, <laughs> right? There, there tend to be a team of like four or five or something like that. Um, but the way that a lot of these programs scale, which I've seen at multiple companies, so I think it's becoming more and more of like, you know, a fairly common practice out there is to seek privacy um, champion. There's, there's a few different names that like uh, folks used to refer to these, but privacy champions basically are folks who were spent part of their time helping out the privacy team to kind of like privacy spot check across the organization where that might be risk, et cetera. So, um, you know, sometimes they will pick folks who are sitting in different business areas or who, frankly, folks who just have bandwidth to help out. And um, I think to be to to look internally at your privacy team, if there's one and say like, hey, I want to be a privacy champion, I think the likelihood of them welcoming you with open arms uh, are very, very, very high. <laughs> and I, I think usually too, is those kind of relationship that will help you get that practical experience, right? Because I think if you start helping out as a privacy champion on a task here and task there, found that you like it, which is the most important thing. And then um, you do well at it. I think that there's a lot of potential for you to increase the scope uh, what you do um, to to continue to help the internal team, or just even build your skill set further. Awesome, I, I, I like it. I, you know, I, I think uh, a lot of times you hear people say, "Take the initiative, go ask for the work." It's, it's not always easy because you're doing something, but if you do like it, I mean, if you get, if you do some of the certifications, you want some practical experience. It makes a lot of sense. And I guess you know, maybe to clarify as well, because I was just thinking, you know, like not every company maybe will. I guess data governance is a little bit more common. Is it possible that someone else owns the privacy component? And I guess that was going to lead me into like the little relationship with, you know, the, the nature of, of the role. But if at my org, it doesn't stand out that someone has like that privacy title, would the data governance person potentially do this? Would it be a cybersecurity person, legal? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's another at least I look at it, fun thing about the privacy profession is, um, you know, like a, a very diverse um, set of areas that it could fit under. So in my career, um, I started out sitting in the editorial, um, uh, you know, organization overall. So editorial, this is what, back at Yahoo, basically is a policy making function uh, for the company. Um, but, you know, I also spent time in data engineering, uh, where the privacy, um, program sat for a while. 
um, legal, of course. I built out a, a privacy team under the legal um, organization at Twitch. Um, I was in marketing for Hot Second, <laughs> doing, uh, again, very similar privacy work, just different org. So um, I, I think, though, in most companies um, where you will find privacy function would be under legal or under information security. Uh, and information security is where I sit now. Um, building out the privacy team there as well. Um, so I would recommend checking with those two places first. But if not, they they, they might be somewhere else uh, within the company in some other fun fun orgs. And, and I guess to kind of dovetail into you know you mentioned it sits within you know potentially different different you know areas within a company. You know we have a chief compliance officer, the CISO, CIO, CTO. We have a lot of chiefs. And I guess the question I was going to ask you, Chief Privacy Officer, I've seen it. It's not as common as a whole lot of the other, you know, uh, leadership roles. Is that going to change? Is it a case of potentially, you know, this this role sits better under other programs? Or how, how do you envision that, you know, panning out? Yeah, I, I think it is becoming more common, um, for sure. Um, and I think... You know, it will become more common um, at companies who ha- are relying on a lot of personal data because I think that's where you want to really have a strategic perspective and like how do you work with the personal data set? What are the choices you provide to data subjects? Um, the uh, you know technical infrastructure you want to build out for long-term growth. So those are very strategic um, decision with a lot of investment behind it, and I think that could. Um, be the driver for making sure someone who's senior and with a lot of experiences, uh, experience in this area to, to take that role. I think at company that use or rely less on personal data, um, potentially, you know, there won't be a CPO role there, but there still be a leader, um, in terms of seniority, in terms of how uh, far, um, the person rise again is really up to the company. But I, I, I do want to mention like an adjacent role that's also pretty interesting and it's actually required by law, <laughs> like for example, by GDPR, which is the role of the data protection officer. And it is a, um, a role that the GDPR put out there. Uh, it is required for companies, um, who is under GDPR scope. Um, that person is supposed to help the company organize or, or think about how to comply with GDPR or similar data regulation. Um, so I, I think there's also that path right there. It is not quite the um, chief privacy officer because um, I think if you bucket it, the, the protection officer tends to lean a little bit more compliance centric and um, chief privacy officer, at least from my perspective, lean a little bit more strategic and broader. So um, um, there are different paths to leadership in this field and um, has slightly different flavor. I, I mean, obviously, it seems like it's uh, a lot of things um, are moving forward at a fast pace, a lot of change, a lot of dynamic uh, environments, laws. Uh, it, it seems exciting because I think if somebody likes that kind of progress, likes that kind of, you know, maybe the, the, the functional side of it. You came from a CS degree and obviously um, that, that has helped in a way, but it sounds like a lot of the stuff that you're talking about, someone can go 
learn these regulations, these laws, and actually learn how to build a practice around, which I think is awesome because it seems like an invaluable skill that that hasn't quite hit that tipping point. And, and like you said, people are willing to give you a shot because they need the help. So I think there's no better time than, than now to get started. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think one of the most, you know, gratifying like experiences I, I have when talking about privacy or privacy engineering. Um, and I do this in slightly different form, like, you know, on awesome part, podcasts such as yours um, at like conferences, but sometimes also at school, um, you know, go to school, really talk to uh, be a guest lecturer and talk to uh, students about the profession. And one of the more satisfying experiences that I have is when um, students come up to me after class and say that, yeah, you know, I, I think I can actually be a privacy engineer. I didn't think there was like a possibility for me. I used to think I need to have to code or something like that because, you know, there's like that term engineering in there. Oh, I, I, I heard about it before, but, you know, that person was a lawyer. So I didn't really think I can really enter that world. But now knowing, you know, how emerging it is and there are just so many ways that one can participate, like like folks are starting to realize it, it is uh it is a place for them. And I'm just like, oh yeah, yeah, of course. You know, like that that's fantastic. So I, I, I think it's fantastic. I I like it when people can get excited about, you know, a a path and, and especially emerging, because it means everyone can catch up quickly, even if you don't have a legal drink, which you kind of outline some of the things. So I, I think it's been fantastic. Wang, if somebody wants to reach out and ask you about <laughs> how to do some of this stuff, I think we've given <laughs> a lot of information out. How can somebody get a hold of you? Yeah, find, find me on LinkedIn. It is my, you know, favorite social media uh, network nowadays. <laughs> so um, feel free to connect with me on there. I'm, I'm always happy to chat about privacy engineering. Um, you know, like, and just be fully honest, like, sometimes I'm slow to respond, but I will eventually do respond. So <laughs> please do pe- be patient with me on there. Uh, but I'm, I, I love connecting with folks and chat more about uh, privacy, privacy engineering, etc. Love it. We'll we'll include your LinkedIn on the show notes, obviously, so so people can uh, reach out to you. Again, thank you for coming on. Thanks for covering the topic. I, I hadn't covered it before, and I think uh, it'll be valuable to a lot of people here. Thank you for the opportunity. It's been really fun. So, absolutely. That's it for the episode. Back again, different guests, different topic. Um, until then, two things. One, this has been a great episode. Um, you know, I think we talked a lot about career opportunities, career path. Um, I liked it because I, I feel like we can reach a lot of people. So share this with somebody else that might be interested in privacy engineering or wants to get into the field or, you know, or, or has a question that wants to follow up with Wang, you know, reach out to him. He, he he's seems very willing to help anyone. So take advantage of that opportunity. And if you want me to find another guest to talk about a similar topic, let me know. Like, that's what I'm here for. I'm trying to find what topics you want me to bring to you and, and, and hopefully share those with you. Like, subscribe leave a review wherever you're listening to this. I'd really appreciate that. Until next time, thank you and goodbye.